Real fast, I wanted to tell you about my new podcast, Upworthy Weekly. It's a lighthearted news podcast. It comes out on Saturdays, and I have forced my co-host, Todd Perry, to join me here to help me tell you about our new venture. Todd, why should they listen? Well, I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's the Upworthy podcast. It's just going to be sunshine, and it's going to be unicorns. But you know what? It's really not that. Allison doesn't have the ability, she doesn't have it in her to actually be that person that I thought we were hiring when we did this show. But clearly, after just a couple episodes, the facade dropped, okay? I thought, you know, she's doing the Upworthy show, it's not going to be like, oh, neurotic, cynical, Allison, but no, she's there. So, you know, I try to counteract that with some of my good vibes. <laughs> um, and, uh, I would argue that if one person is coming off as a little bit cynical and unhinged right now, it's not me. It comes out every Saturday, wherever you get podcasts. Bye. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we've had the good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way he gets pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I will bring in my guest whom I'm very excited to talk to in a moment. But first, I must tell you, it has been a fairly depressing and defeating afternoon. I would say it is the final chapter in what has been a years-long battle between me and the termites. If you're new, you're coming in at the end of a long, long, long saga, and I would recommend you go back and catch up, but don't worry. It's still going to be just as fascinating, even though it's going to be a bit spoiled, but if you've been with us for the entirety of it, Grab your hankies, guys, because I've lost the battle. I thought I thought that I could do it. I thought that I could take them on. It was a real Goliath, Samson, Sammy, Davy, Davy, Goliath, Delilah. It was a real little guy versus the big guy. But in this case, I'm the little guy, even though I'm much bigger than a termite. But it was me versus the big exterminator companies, even though it's a mom and pop shop in Burbank that I am going to hire. But still, in in theory, it was me versus the man. And I said, no, man, you take your boot off my neck. I will not give you my money. I will treat this termite situation myself with a bottle of over-the-counter insecticide that I know is hardcore because it has a little mechanism on the bottle that locks and it's black. The bottle is black, so I know it's more than just Raid, even though it is Raid, but it's hardcore Raid. <laughs> and I kept those bugs at bay for two years. I had two a honeymoon period of two years, bugless two years, wherein every single fucking week I mentioned it on the show. And did I lose listeners? Probably. <laughs> but I kept my pride. Anyway, recently it's been a disaster. It's been a disaster in here. 
So finally, someone from the professional. I'm just going to cut to the chase because I don't want to keep my guest waiting. And I do want to hear what he has to say about this. Brought out a professional and I said, what do I said? What do I do? Hat in hand. What do I do? And he sniffed around. <laughs> they don't actually sniff, but uh, he said, "Did you did you happen to keep any of the termites that you saw?" And I said, N- "No, I didn't. But I'm sure there's one around because it was a just a real like." And I hesitate to use this reference, but I'm going to a crystal knocked of termites. I mean, there was a lot of no. I'm not no. Nah, I'm gonna let it stand. It was a there was a lot of there's a lot of termites. No, I'm uncomfortable with that reference. But anything else I would use would also be make me uncomfortable. I'm just gonna move past it really fast. Anyway, he looked around and he found one and he's like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I said, look, I think they're dry wood termites, because I've done some research. I wanted to speak, you know, exterminator, exterminator. <laughs> anyway, he picked it up. He put it on his clipboard and he said, meh, mm. you're going to have to tent the whole place. So now we're going to have to tent the whole place. The end. And he's recommending we tent like the whole premises, including the house, which oh, this is a whole thing. We're talking thousands of dollars. This is what I tried to avoid. Uh, and I feel, I feel defeated and I don't like it one bit. And apparently we're going to have to vacate the premises, which is a whole pain in the ass. And it's like, we're looking at days. And I said to Daniel, this is not going to be easy because Elliot's in kindergarten. He said, can't we just take him out of school for a couple of days? And I said, no, you can't. And he said, why not? And I said, you can't. Once they're in kindergarten, you can't. I don't really understand why, but you just can't anymore. Like that was a thing you do in preschool. Once they're in public school, you can't anymore. I think you go to jail. So uh, we're screwed all because I tried to fight the big guy just like Samson and Delilah and Goliath and Sammy. And somehow this is Tony's fault because he's still playing drums with his stupid rock band. But I'm thrilled that you're joining me today. My guest today is someone I'm very excited. I saw him on my television set last night talking to Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton (laughs) and Andy Cohen. We will get into that. He's an actor. He's a podcast host. He hosts a daily pop culture and reality show podcast called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Please put your hands together for Ryan Bailey. Woo! Wow. The termites have won. By the way, I look. I just uh, Allison emailed me, which to get an email from Allison Rosen was just really truly a vision board moment for Aww. me, and I can get into that later. But you said, "Hey, do you want to do it uh, Zoom or do you want to do it here?" <laughs> Going through a termite issue, and then you would also. I follow Allison on Instagram, and she's always showing off her bruising okay. and stuff like this. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna probably do the Zoom thing, and I'll just, um, you know, because you were like, hey, I think you know the, the termite guy will be here, but if you and then I was like, wow, she still offered for me to come out to Burbank, and like you were saying in an earlier podcast this week, you guys don't even understand. It's so hot in Los Angeles. I mean, it's we really. We really screwed ourselves this week. So I just love that you still was, you opened up your termite ridden home to me and it was just so nice. And then I was like, 
do I say yeah to the home thing? Because it sounds like a lot of stuff's happening over there right now. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even add in the fact that like I have shown off the fact that I have just a like um like a man's large shoe size bruise on my arm and a no man in a large shoe has stepped on my arm or anything. I had, I, I had hey, oh, wow, Thank you for clarifying. People were just like really freaked out for a second. What guy is stepping yeah, on Allison's no, arm? No, I, I, I had a slip and fall accident when my arm was inside the dryer and I had a bru- I, I am living with a bruise unlike any I've ever had in my life. So I had to take a picture of it because it's really beautiful, except for the fact that it hurts and it's on my arm. I didn't factor in the fact that I'm really presenting an image of someone whose life and abode is falling apart. <laughs> you also do this great thing where you... It's not the first photo, you guys. She's like, trigger warning, yeah. you can turn away now. And then I'm like, well, now I have to keep going I to know. see the bruise. And it's, I mean, it all, it, it, it does pay off. I'm like, that's a great bruise. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. A, a lot of people commented that like, even though you had warned me, I wasn't ready for it. I did. I, you had to scroll through a lot of slides to get to it because I feel like it's unfair to just surprise someone with a disgusting photo. So I wanted yeah. to make sure people really knew what they were scrolling through. But again, just in defense of me, to defend myself and my home, I always say, I know that when I describe the termite situation, it makes people think that I'm like doing my show from a trash heap on the side of the road. But it's really an, a very nice looking studio that happens to have a dry wood termite problem. <laughs> also, I love that you did do the research to speak his language. Cause yeah. I wonder if the termite guy was like, Whoa, she knows what she's talking about. I like mean, I, I can't, so. I can't sell her the deluxe tent. Mm-hmm. She's not going to go for that. Cause she knows her termites, you know, like she's not going to be taken advantage of by my, cause she knows termites. Right. I mean, that's the hope, except that the minimum is like 1966. And how do they decide on that number? See, that would make me so livid. Like when I can't control something like Mm. that, because you can't control termites. Like that's just, that's something that is not, it's not like you brought them with you from your last place. Mm -hmm. That would make me so infuriating because you know, those termites aren't going to pay up and they're going to continue to live there. I mean, so, and and then I love that he's like, do you you have any to show me? Like, like, were you supposed to make a necklace of these things and like just have it out there for him? It never occurred to me to keep one. But like I said, thankfully, yeah. let me get my scrapbook. Yeah. yeah, it's out. Right. I did make a slide. Um, so when things are out of control, that bothers you because that bothers me, too. But at, but the termites strange. So I hate insects. Strangely enough, the termite situation, it was sort of out of sight, out of mind. But with when it comes to ants, then I lose my mind. Like I will I will not be able to function if I see an ant. Yeah, but do you ever also go through that thing too of like where people say like, but don't kill a living animal no matter what it is. Like that always goes through my mind, even though I'm like, but that's ants. That's ridiculous. They should know not to be in the house right now. I mean, they've got their outside area. Why are they doing this? Yes, I have more as I've gotten the older I have gotten, the more I have begun to f- not to suggest that when I was young, I was like wantonly murdering bugs or something, but more and more <laughs> I have begun to feel guilt 
over killing bugs to the point where now if I can carry them outside, I will. But like last night, no, actually, like for three days now, we have mounted an offensive against a mosquito and we finally got it. And I don't have a problem with that. I feel good. Those mosquito and I, uh, it's like I, I am turning that age too, where it's like I'll, I'll wake up in the morning, I'm like, wow, mosquitoes got me last night, and then I'll sit there all day long telling people how the mosquitoes got me last night. Like I was, I'm like, wow, they really attacked my knee. And there's just something so, as I get older, I get more and more fearful of like, so how they're getting through the weighted blanket and they're getting into the knee, you know. And also, why am I sleeping with a 20 pound weighted blanket when it's a heat wave? But I thought it was protecting me from the mosquitoes, and then I'm like, they still got my knee. Yes. ate it up. I have a ton. Okay. I also am very bitten and I'm, and I also was like, are they, did they go under my pants or through the pants? I don't either, either way. I feel violated by the. Yeah, bug. there's no consent at all, and it's like they always wait until I'm asleep. Like it's like it's not happening when I'm awake. Like, and if I even if I sense even something, I'm constantly just like petting my skin to get things away from it. If there is, but like the it is shocking in the morning because you're just like once again it happened. Right. It happened. They got me. How are they doing it? So Ryan Bailey, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> So much to talk about. It was just a full hour of just mosquitoes. I mean, I could, I could really do bug talk for a, (laughs) a very, a very long time. Yeah. Well, you said you might have lost listeners over the last year. Let's lose them all. Well, here's the thing. Let's get down to zero. But the ones who are left, they fucking love bugs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. They, hey, uh, do your Allison's bug? She really, I know you're into bugs. If you, you check this out. If you're still here, you can't get enough. Um, where to begin? Let's just start with last night because, like I said, you uh, you had a question. You you oh, like yeah. communicated <laughs> with Hillary and Chelsea and Andy Cohen via video question. Tell us everything. Oh yeah, so I mean, that's just watch what happens live. They do like two video callers, and I was on a list because I, I mean, I talk mainly on my show about Bravo and the insanity of reality shows. So it was one of those things, and they gave me a list of guests to, and I was like, I would be honored to talk to Chelsea yeah. Clinton and Hillary Clinton. That would be so exciting for me, and uh, and I got to, and then they usually they'll. They'll let you write a bunch of questions, but then they'll also like give you mm. questions. Like, so they, it, it, I've done it a couple times now, but it was great because you'd like, you, you sit on like a Zoom, like not even a Zoom link. It's like Skype video and you watch the whole show go through. You watch Andy do his little teaser commercials in between. And it's just a really weird experience because I'm sitting right here and you're looking at yourself in the little Skype box, like I'm doing with the Zoom mm-hmm. box. But then when they do it on the, the show, it flips the image. And that was like the thing that I took away from most because I was like, damn it, my part is on the wrong way. And I was like, and Hillary must have just been livid with this guy. And I even dressed up. I dressed in a suit because I wanted to be respectful. But it's those little things because, listen, this is not really (laughs) neither here nor there, but it's still somebody that was the the first lady, the secretary of state, almost, I mean, so much in terms of our history and where we're at politically. And then you're just like, and then I remember I said, like, I was like, Andy, Hillary, Chelsea, so what an honor to speak to you. And I think I talked over Andy and then immediately and it, it just it was that back, like auditioning for like high school theater when you're a freshman <laughs> and you're nervous and you're doing like a Shakespeare monologue and you're shaking. And even though I talk every day, it was like that. Th- I'm like, it's, uh, it's a, uh, 
Oh, hi, Andy. Anyways, uh, Chelsea, when you were in the wild, it, it, that it's just so sad that the no matter how old we get, like the same stupid nerves mm-hmm. and stupid thoughts, and they don't think about this at all. Like they're mm-hmm. not like, what was that? What's up with that dude from the other night with the 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 hair part thing? What are, what are you know like what are, what are you doing? Like all I've been thinking about, like all I've been like, and people. Saw it last night. I've, you know, you hear from people that you've never, you haven't heard from in so long mm-hmm. or so positive. And I'm sitting there like some kind of professional athlete going, you know what I didn't do though? I should have taken a pause right here. Mm-hmm. And I should have, you know, like I'm really trying to be like, I should have workshopped this. I like, you know, you hear stand up comedians or a writer's room. Like right. I should have spitballed. <laughs> you know what? You could, you could sense the nerves and it, like it's so, I'm so dumb. Mm. Well, I I completely relate to all of that. I would be doing the exact same thing, but I thought you were great. I did not have I did not I did not think to myself, that guy's head is on backwards. Um, <laughs> but Allison, and then and then this is how dark I mean, I think a lot of us do like then I was like, what if they invite me on for the rest of the show just to rap with them? You know, like when you hey, what if I get waved over by Johnny right now? And he's like, hey. Why don't you come on over here? Like, you know, you just yeah. have the stupidest fantasies, fantasies behind a microphone. Like, you know, like uh, we're totally. podcasters and we communicate every day. And I still have this Walter Mitty-esque, like just every day. It's like I, I can fly at some point, you know? I totally get that though. Um, so wait, how did, how did you, how do you get on the list? How did you get on this list? Why did it take me so long to get that question out? Oh, the, uh, it was a couple of years ago during COVID, they had switched to video callers mm-hmm. and they had just reached out to me because of, I guess, the podcast or the Instagram account. So bad it's good. Mm-hmm. And it was just in my DMs and I was like, heck yeah. And then I just got added to a list. There was no, there's no big secret. There was no audition. Like anybody can do this. I mean, and anybody can, but for me, it's like, you know, wow, you've really done something with like when, when I die, this is the thing I want to be remembered for, you know, like it's, but those little moments, yeah. you know, those are the things that actually keep me going, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. I was like, when I heard that they were going to be on watch what happens live, I was surprised. And then when I watched it to learn that that's not Hillary's first time, right? No, not at all. You know, a lot of people don't really, I, I, I really like Andy Cohen as a host. Like mm-hmm. I, I love hosts. Like I, that's like as a little kid, I grew up in Olathe, Kansas, and I was that kid that like watched the Oscars because of Billy Crystal hosting, or why, or Whoopi Goldberg, or watched Entertainment Tonight, or Access Hollywood. Like that was my jam. Like it was not even the movie stars. It was like John Tesh and Mary Hart and all of these people. Like I really geeked out on all of that stuff. But Andy Cohen, like I don't think gets the credit he like he keeps really it moving. Good. He's yeah. energetic. He's you know, he's shady, but he still keeps it somewhat professional. I think a lot of people don't give him his due, but like, I'll sit there and go, wow, that's, you know, I really appreciate those things. I mean, by the way, that's, I feel the same way about you. Like, I know we don't know each other, but like, you are one of the people, like, I'm obviously a very insecure person. You probably already picked that up, but like, I remember getting like drunk a couple of years ago and asking you to be on the podcast. That's when I, I'm my ballsiest, you know, when I've had a couple hard ciders and I'll be like, oh, this is, you know, and, and, and you were really nice. And I think you said yes. And I was like, well, that's good to know. And then that's it for me. Like, I, I, I got the yes. I got the yes. Like, don't ever need it to happen. I got the yes. That's like, it's bizarre. And look, now you're on my show. Now, that, that's what I you're said. You're really like, playing email, the long game. <laughs> that's what I was like when this email, you say these little moments, these are like the moments that actually mean something to me. Like these <laughs> moments 
are stuff I will remember, you know? So, uh, okay. So you grew up in Olathe, Olathe Kansas. Can- Olathe sounds like uh, an artificial fat in a chip that makes someone have leaky bowels. No it's offense. It's also that. Yeah. No, no. That's it's, it's Yeah, it's Olestra. Yeah. I grew up in Olestra, Kansas. It's a <laughs> sub- suburb of Stevia. And uh, no, I grew up in a, uh, Olathe, which is like a small town, but it was like an amazing place for like to be a kid. Like it was like a suburban block. And I grew up on a block of all girls. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of really affected my, uh, like my taste in a way, you know, is that I was used to gabbing with the girls. Like I'm a straight dude. And a lot of people don't even realize that, mm-hmm. which is great. Cause that's a compliment to me, but I, you know, hung out like all my friends were girls and that was my whole street. So when the, like the, like boy band fascination, I would be having to do that or I would have to do this. So like my music taste, my TV taste, all of this stuff kind of swung more towards, uh, like female interests. Um, but it was like the best, it was the best way to grow up ever. And then I, like when I was 14, we moved to, uh, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, which mm-hmm. was like a big culture shock. Just even into, I went to all of a sudden like to a 3000 person high school from a small junior high. And it's, that's shocking. And what? then I got into like theater at that point. Um, yeah. And so what, what, I don't know Arizona that well. My husband is from Tucson. Um, and I've been there a couple times. I've been, I did a couple live shows in Phoenix Arizona is kind of like a mystery to me. Um, it's still, I mean, it's a mystery yeah. to me too. Like it's, I mean, it, the obvious is that it's just way too hot and it's getting way too, like my, my family still lives out there. I'm going to go see them this weekend. And it's just insane. It's like a hundred and like, we've been dealing with it for one week or two weeks in Los Angeles. It's like that every day. It's like 112, 113. But I remember getting there and it all just looked the same. Like as you get older, you look up and you see how pretty the surroundings are. But when you're like 14 years old, you're like, this is so nothing. Like you go from Kansas where there's trees and hills and stuff to just flat and everything looked really sad. Mm-hmm. And just because, I mean, they, there's not a lot of color because you don't want to attract the sun. Right. And and I remember the, I went to Horizon High School and it was like this kind of in it, it looked just industrial to me, I remember, you know, and it was like one of the scariest things of like that moving from one place to like the place when you don't even know yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's where usually that's where theater will get you, by the way. That's where like you you try to find your place and you know, it's either like sports or, you know, and then the theater, the theater kids took me in and th- it seems to be a, like a lot of our stories. It's like, well, then the theater kids took me in and you finally, I found a home with mm-hmm. that. Uh, is that, was that your first uh, time that you realized you liked performing? No, I mean, I was always that weird kid that, like I said, I loved everything pop culture. I love like even in Kansas, my mom, we'd go to the mall. I would be able to get like one magazine and I would get like weekly variety. (laughs) Like it was like what kid is getting like, you know, and I wouldn't even know what like like they would say like, you know, box office buffo and Gotham. And I would be like, well, I don't like I thought it was like Batman's Gotham. But as a kid, (laughs) it was so exciting. And I got like I got really into I had this weird mind where I would like memorize film grosses like foreign and domestic and i was that you know i wanted to i as a kid i thought i could watch every movie that had ever been made mm-hmm. like i would get the sunday paper the you know in kansas and there would be a tv section and i would go at the end and it would tell you all the movies coming on that week and i would cross off the ones that i didn't see and the ones i wanted to see and the ones that i had to tape and it was just that thing and the 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 aspect or the thought of 
that Hollywood actually existed to me was just insane. Like it was like I lived in Kansas, you know, you would see Sunset Boulevard or a Hollywood sign or that Tower Records on Sunset. And I'd be like, oh my God, it was just so dreamlike to me, pop culture was. And then I moved to Arizona and you're closer to Los Angeles. And, um, you know, so eventually I made my way out to Los Angeles after college, but it was that thing that even now to this day, I've been out here for like 20 years and I've kicked around on so many different things, but it's a really, you know, it's a really brutal town. The termites here are insane. Oh and, <laughs> but, but no, like every time I get bummed, you will take a drive down sunset or you will take, and you're like, man, I was a kid in Kansas and now I'm here, you know, sure. I have nothing to show for it, but I'm here, you know? <laughs> uh, where'd you go to college? Uh, the Harvard of the West, Arizona State University. Mm. The, uh, yeah, theater degree there. But actually, that was the thing because my girlfriend at the time was like, I had this is, I had the opportunity to go to the Tisch school at NYU, but I was in love. Oh. And I was like, no, you don't get it. I'm in love, mom. <laughs> so, I remember, I was like, New York will always be there. And so I went to Arizona State University, which by the way, though, I really lucked out because there was this dude, Marshall Mason, that ended up teaching there. And he had kind of created off-Broadway. Like he discovered um Malkovich and Burn This, the that want like he did all he directed all of uh Lanford Wilson's plays, if any theater geeks are out there. And he discovered Jeff Daniels, all this mm -hmm. stuff. So I got to work with him, and it was kind of this amazing thing. And then he wanted me to go to grad school after that. And I was like, no, I had worked on a film in Arizona and they said, Hey, come out to LA. We can get you your SAG card. You can intern here on the summers. And like as a kid, that was my thing, like movies yeah. and TV, just the thought of being around that. So I kind of like turned, you know, like theater is amazing and it's still, it's one of the only places actors can actually have a say in anything. But the thought of just being around like celluloid or any of it was just so, so exciting. And, and that's how I wound up here. I started as an extras casting director, which is just the worst job to start with because it's all the crowd scenes and films. Uh -huh. But it's like so – like I remember one of the first ones was like this movie Little Nicky with Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Where he played the son of the devil and it was a real departure for Adam. And <laughs> I remember it was like – Okay. And you're just, you're casting so many thousands of people and you're just getting like, you know, you're getting people that talk into trees, like really scary people. <laughs> and it was a really, it was like also that wake up call of like, should I go to grad school? Mm -hmm. Cause it was, I remember a month of nights at the Arboretum, uh, over near Pasadena or something. And it was, but it was still at the same time, you're like seeing Adam Sandler every day and you're yeah. like, this is crazy. Look at this. I'm in Hollywood. Um, but it, it, it was, it was a really bizarre way to start. What happened to the relationship that you turned the Tisch school down for? Oh, we're still together. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, no, you know, this is crazy. We moved out here together. And so she was my like senior year high school girlfriend, went to college together, then moved out here together and we lived here. And then she, um, we, we split up because, a a big star, she uh, a big star st stole her away from me. Like it was like it was like one of the it was your nightmare. It was like mm. it, it, and I don't. It was like a creator of like a big TV show at the. It's still a big TV show actually. And it was one of the. It was just it was somebody that I really looked up to. Oh, and all God. of a sudden, this person was after your girl that had been your high school sweetheart. And I'm not saying I'm like an amazing dude or anything, but. It, 
obviously it was it was just the worst nightmare that you could ever imagine in yeah. your life where i would try to win her back and he would just fly her to like italy <laughs> you know it was just like hey i got you know i got you some flowers and he'd be like there's a first class ticket if you go to delta right now to hawaii it was it was just insane and that was like another thing of ho- like hollywood of like oh my god this is brutal it was it was the so my friend Dusty always says you only hurt that bad about love once in your life, mm-hmm. you know, like where, you, you know, and then unfortunately our hearts get used to it because right. it's like a muscle and you're like, I remember this feeling and it hurts, but then you get over it quicker. Yes. This one, it's it just, and I just remember him telling me on this one, drive yeah. from Los Angeles to Arizona, just him talking me through it and going, you're only going to hurt this bad one time, you know? And I was like, That's but the one time so- also lasted like a year. So right. I never thought of it that have way. Have I though. overshared, Allison? No, no, have I have I overshared? There's no such first of all, there's no such thing. I think this is like really resonating with people. <laughs> I I am loving this part of it. Uh, I mean, look, it's no termites, but I think this yeah, people listen, are gonna listen. like this. Don't worry, the termites come anyway. But what, it would be great if the termites were the thing that had stolen my love away. <laughs> I never thought of it like that, that like because the heart's a muscle and I always, when I think of the heart being a muscle, I think of the way that it's amazing to me that your heart can be totally broken and yet you can completely in time, completely get over it and love again. Like that is amazing that's to the, me. It, it's the thing that is so crazy. And there's part of it that's kind of, I'm always, always uh, like a glass half empty kind of guy. It's always kind of sad because yeah. you get so familiar to that feeling of, of heartache uh-huh. that you're like, this is always going to be with me. Yeah. It's always going to be here. And then a decade later, you're like, I don't feel any of it. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I can, I can remember those good times, you know, I can, I can remember that like, Oh, you know, like I remember the good times now and I don't remember as much of the pain. Like I can joke about it now and I can actually make myself laugh, but there is something weird and like, Oh, that was such a, a feeling that I lived with. It was right. like living in your first apartment for a while where you're just like, Oh, that's the Creek. When I stepped there and, and the, the chipped paint, you kind of start romanticizing that kind of heartache, totally. but you do get over it. And it's just so it's weird, weird because I remember going, I'll never get over this. I will never get over this. This will hurt me for the rest of my life. You watch you guys. Like I remember telling my friends, you watch, this will destroy me, you know, and like in daring some, them. And in some ways you almost at the time, I think at the time you like, don't want to let, you don't want to let yourself get over it. Cause you're like, this is a grave injustice. I can't, if I get over it, that means I'm accepting it and I won't. Yeah. And all, yeah. Be, yes. Because also it's that still a connection to that person. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's still that like, well, at least I have that connection. Like mm-hmm. at least even in heartache, I'm tethered right. and I, you know, and, and I mean, the, and the other scary, not the scary thing, but the, I guess the beautiful thing is everybody goes through this. That's the other thing is like every person has this story it might not be as intense or the details might be different but it's you know you'll talk to somebody and you'll be like oh first love story and you could just rap about that stuff for hours so did she stay with this guy and i get are you not going to tell us who the guy is well i don't it's like listen because at the time though remember i'm in my like early 20s and um i this guy really didn't do anything. I didn't know this guy. Like he didn't do anything personally to me. And I was a big, I'm, I'm a big fan of his work. And it was something like early. It, and it also like, listen, 
I wasn't, we weren't obviously supposed to be together. I was like, I, I had never dated anybody either. Like, I mean, like it was, it was at that point where it was, I, I, it's good that it happened. Let's just say he's, he's, he's a creator of a, a, a very successful, one of the creators of a very successful animated series. There you go. I totally know who it is. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're going to have to tell me off, off air. And is yeah, she still yeah, yeah. with him though? No, no, no. I think it only lasted like, and I never, you know, like it only lasted probably less than a year or something, okay. you know? And, and she went on and, and, and I think, I think she's got married and I think she married again and like has a couple stepkids and he's, he got married and then divorced. Like every, it all worked out for everybody. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, you know, is that nobody, and then, you know, as serious it is as it is in the time, and I hate that I'm now getting to that age where I'm like, oh, they're in their 20s. Like, even when you look at pop culture celebrities, you're like, oh, such and such broke up with such and such. You're like, ah, they're in their 20s. Like, they're fine. Right. Like, unless you're the girl that dates Leo DiCaprio, then it's, I feel bad. You <laughs> right. Know? All right. Let's get through a few more biographical things because we, <laughs> I need to, like – I need to map out how you got to where you are, and then we need to dive into some imp important things like eyebrows and other things that I know you've been talking about. Yeah, please. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, all right. So you're you're doing extras casting, and you are auditioning. I'm assuming because I know that because I went to your IMDb page, and you have been in like a zillion. You you were you've been in the office. You've been in like a zillion shows and movies and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Are you, do you still audition? Like, is that still something you're, it's, pursuing? it's something that I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, commercially I'll audition or if like I have a couple casting directors that are fans of mine that I'll put myself on tape for. I mean, like COVID really screwed everything up for a lot of us. I worked at an acting studio for 13 years, uh, Leslie Conn and company. Oh, yeah. And I was there and I was like, you know, I, I worked in the office. I taught, I did all that stuff and I lost my job when I, you know, I'd been there for so long and COVID really screwed everything up in the sense of, Everything had to go to online. Um, so, but I also, I'd already fallen in love with podcasting from like just listen, like being a listener of podcasts. I'd done a actor's podcast for my acting school and I'd done a Kardashian podcast before COVID hit. And then once COVID hit, what's that? Was it the Conniverse? What'd you say? Isn't that less, was it Leslie? No, Collins? yeah. Leslie Kahn's uh, It's conversations. Oh, Conversa that's conversations. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. K.A. Very clever. Yeah. So I was like the host of that. And it was so – I just love that – this format. And uh, COVID happened. I had lost my job. And I had started just talking about reality shows uh, by myself. And then I would have guests on to talk about Bravo shows, other reality shows, or so bad it's good moments where it's like that moment – um, if anybody watched like the real world, uh, that New Orleans with David and he would be like, Baba D, Dada D, come on, be my baby. There's like these little TV moments that we see that are just burned into my memory that I love so dearly, but they're bad, but you turn them into like something good and mm -hmm. something like something, it turns into something great that you just fixate on. And that's kind of where this podcast kind of was born through. And so luckily when I, it started taking off during, the 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 pandemic i got fired from not fired i got let go because mm -hmm. of the pandemic and luckily i got scouted i had got scouted from a couple companies and this cloud 10 a division of iHeartRadio, radio picked me up and i get to do this now 
for my job. I mean, I bust, I mean, you get it. Like I bust my butt. Like I, I do the Patreon. I do, I do, and I do long form pods. Are long, yeah. Oh, they're so, I know, I know. I'm doing everything wrong. I know I didn't wrong. say that as a, no, 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 no Allison. That's I know, no, no, no. I, no, I do Rogan. everything wrong. No, but yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's my goal. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> no, I do everything wrong. I just, I never thought I could even do it in the first place. Like I remember I was talking to my buddy, uh, Danny Pellegrino and he had said, I was like, I don't think I can do this. And he goes, just talk, just talk 10 minutes into a microphone and see if you can do it. And I talked 30 minutes mm-hmm. and I was like, that wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. And now it's just gotten out of control. But it, it, I mean, but at the same time, it's like, so I don't even like the acting thing will always be there. Hopefully I can get more opportunities through all of this. And, and, and even in hosting things are happening in terms of that, which is so exciting because of this thing, this mm-hmm. thing that I loved all along pop culture. It's like, this was always here and I just never really leaned into it. Yeah. And it's, I'm just, uh, I'm beyond thankful and it, but by the way i'm not i'm not like on easy street at all like this is really the hardest i've ever worked in my life but man like i get it like listen i'm telling you i get to talk to you like i used to listen to you when you were at the corolla i used to listen to you with it i mean like Aww. i i mean really truly a fan and i get to have moments like this now where this is all i had wanted like this is truly all i had wanted i never wanted to be number one in anything i just wanted to be invited to the party you know well Listen, when we can make dreams come true for the little people, it really is why it's No, why I always watch got- your, when you have the four, the, I always love your video clips with the four people. And I'm like, they're having a party. Look at all those. Like, Allison has a party again. You know? Oh, well, you got to come on the group show. I will make you come on the group show. I will make Please, you. Oh my God. Honor. Okay. Well, we'll do it. Um, okay. So tell me what are more of the like, so bad it's good moments because when you mentioned real world new orleans i got distracted for a moment by looking out the window and seeing how hard it's termites. raining and oh okay. I thought the termites were like hovering over you no or something. no they'll come visit me in my in my nightmares um <laughs> and again this is a visual youtube.com slash allison rosen i couldn't find an umbrella when i went from the house to the studio so i'm like <laughs> i'm just gonna grab my sun hat that'll keep me dry and i ran <laughs> but it's like pouring now that's not going to do it on the way in so that's cool a little water <laughs> never hurt anyone except for i don't want to get wet but anyway um okay i my mind flashed to real world seattle and the oh with slap the, the slap yes yeah. yes of course of- would, would you call I mean, that a so bad it's good moment? Of course. Those things that get burned into your memories, that's a little bit more of a serious so bad it's yeah. good moment because, you know, he was talking about sexuality of like, well, we all know you're gay. And then it was like, what, like oh, remember forgot. that was like, yes. I forgot I mean, that's what the, the Irene slap was. Uh, yes. I mean, which was, I remember as a kid watching that and going, whoa, but that totally is a so bad it's good moment. It's just more serious. Like so bad it's good moments too to me are like, are if you cringy? think of Bravo- they can be cringy, but they don't have to. Like, this is a cringy one. Real Housewives of New York, like uh, eight or eight years ago or something, there was a lady named Aviva Drescher, and mm-hmm. she had a fake leg. And she always <laughs> was very, I mean, very proud of it, very like awesome lady. And they were having this dinner at a, a public restaurant in New York, and she threw her leg at, she was in a fight and she threw her leg. And there's just a shot of a fake leg with a beautiful high heel on. And it's just an iconic shot. And you're like, 
oh my God, am I watching a show where a, a, a rich lady just threw her prosthetic leg and the camera guy on the fly got a quick, sh- like, cause I, I always think about the so bad it's good moments are the ones that you're like, the camera guy has to go home at night and tell his family what he did. And he's like, <laughs> He's like, this is not what I got into this business for. This is not, uh, this is, I'm so ashamed. Like, that's a so bad, it's good moment. Or like Teresa Giudici, when she throws down a cop without a badge book in Real Housewives of New Jersey, the first season, she throws this book down. It's like prostitution whore 19 times. Mm -hmm. There's like these insane moments that are kind of reality TV based, but you could also go to, to music and pop culture, like Fergie from Black Eyed Peas. This is one of my favorite So Bad It's Good moments. She did a Black Eyed Peas show at the San Diego street scene. This is like 13 or 14 years ago. And she's such a professional. She needed to go to the bathroom and she was already performing. So she just peed her pants. Yes, yes. And so there's all of these these photographs of her uh, obviously having peed her pants that have just burned into my memory. Because it's just like, what a bizarre... Like we're like the generation that grew up on like us weekly hard copy, like right. not the digital, you know, like where these images, I don't know. So those are the things that I kind of, that just stick out to me. And now they're everywhere because there's so much all the time. Now, where do you come down with whether Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? Let's see. This is, that's exactly it. Like Allison, the fact that. You guys realize this is like an actual movie that people took time to make and write and put together. And we're speaking about it only in the sense of did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine at the Venice Film Festival? Like, that's the thing. Like, in it's fact, sad. you know, but, but that's the thing that we're going to remember. Like the whole time you're, you go see this movie. Don't worry, darling. You're going to think, wow, I wonder if they got along on set. I wonder, you're not going to be able to really dismiss all of this stuff around it. Oh, it's I always. Know. It's always the the entertainment now, but what's scary is that the entertainment behind the entertainment, yeah. the social media aspect, that stuff we've gr- we've glommed onto it so hard that it's starting to eclipse oh, all totally. of the actual entertainment, oh, which totally. is so scary. And but the don't worry, darling, just it's all week. I've been talking about it all week. Okay, and then also like that that video of Olivia Wilde. You've probably talked about this too. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. yeah. Shia La- and the, but the, the, the moment that I keep thinking about is the beginning of it where she's like, Shia, 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 Shia. <laughs> that is kind of a so bad. It's good moment for me. It's so, the sing no, it's song, so is. Shia, 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 Shia. It, I was like, only it, a exactly. hot girl sing songs a name like that's a real hot girl way to start a phone call. I would never like, there, Ryan, oh, I would never, Ryan, 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 I wouldn't Ryan. even do that with, People close in my life. Like I would know, like, hey, like I I am not, <laughs> I am not like you will never see me. I might do it for a joke on a podcast, but I would never do that in real life. And those are the things that really do stick out. And now it's funny because now Olivia Wilde, there's only so many female directors out there directing at this level. Yeah. And now we're com- like, she, I mean, listen, I even have some issues from what I've seen, but like we're totally tearing down somebody that actually has this kind of golden opportunity that could help women directors, but now we're going to focus on these other little bizarre things that are going to eclipse the movie. The reviews for the movie, you guys are like, it's okay, but the drama behind the scenes seems way more exciting. That's an actual review that I read from Variety. <laughs> uh, but did but do you think you spit? Because <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, no, I no, 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 because. 
this is how funny. I do not think he spit, but I even in my research went to, and goes, this would not be the first time Harry Styles has had spit issues. Oh, really? He used to swallow water during his concerts and he would spit it out. It was called the whale. Like <laughs> they had a move. They had a move called the whale where he, and, and he was discouraged from that because of germs. Like, oh. and I was like, oh my God, he has like, he has a past in this now. Mm. Now there's like motive, all of this stuff. Right. No, what I think happened was that Chris Pine reacted to the fact that Harry Styles is in a full-blown relationship with Olivia Wilde and does not even make eye contact with oh. her. He's in the middle seat. He looks at Harry. Harry's like, and, you know, he's making eye contact, notices Harry's not making eye contact with Olivia, okay. vice versa. And he goes... <laughs> That because he's saying how ridiculous this is because Florence Pugh, the lead actor, won't even like she's there at the red carpet, won't do press for the movie. Right. She's seen in three seats down. Yeah. And I think my th- of just like, I can't believe this. That I mean, that's how I took it. I can't believe this is happening. That. OK. That makes sense, too. But wait, why won't he look at Olivia Wilde? See, I think there's this thing. Like they're, if you read the interviews about Harry Styles and even Olivia Wilde, she did a, a Vanity Fair piece, I think, yesterday, where it was just like, you know, it's, you know, celebrities get like, that's our private. Like, that's, that's something that I don't share. I'll share my art, but I will not share. That's something special between us. Oh, and I think, I think there's so many things that are wrapped up in that. And, but the mystery of it, they've taken it too far. Because yeah. it's not going to kill you to throw a little hug Olivia's way. It's right. not going to like, we all know you're not yeah. surprising anybody. <laughs> we, in fact, you're making it weirder. Right. Like, it's, it's, you know, I understand that I you don't know each other. You yeah. work together yeah, on like, the movie. Yeah. Like now you seem like you hate each other. What about a handshake? Like right. not even like a warm handshake. Like they're literally not making eye contact with each other. And so now it's become a thing by them trying to not make it a thing because they're so bad at it. Right. And this is... Harry Styles performs in front of like, I mean, tens of thousands of people every night. So, I mean, like, and, and we all have speculated, not even speculated. They've been out everywhere. We have photographs yeah. of them. She's at the concerts dancing, you know, just unless she's just buying tickets willy nilly and just showing up without him knowing that he's like, <laughs> Olivia's here again. The director from don't, the, the one that directed me. Right. You know, we all know there's no surprise here, but it's weird. I think when you maybe are in that kind of spotlight. Obviously, you just don't think straight at all. Like your your thought, and you you tune out any kind of criticism. And that's what I noticed too. Is now we all call those haters. Yes. Oh, those are just haters and trolls. And I'm like, at a certain point, though, they also might just be trying to help you. It's not all haters and trolls. Right. Like you've got to understand, there is a point. Like some people do make very valid points about these things, but I see them now dismissed. You know, mainly with like housewives on Bravo. Oh, those are just haters and trolls. Yeah. Like it's so much easier than to accept their actual behavior. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Here's a vintage housewives question. Something that yeah. you said made me think of it, of, about it. So have you watched, do you watch like all the seasons? Do you consume yeah. all of it? Yeah. Okay. But it used to be enjoyable. Now it's like, it does get, it's like work. Like I yeah. take like detailed notes and it, it's, it's become very intense, but yeah, I watch, I pretty much watch everything. So Kelly Ben Simone, <laughs> I remember her seeming like a, just a real uh, mess on yeah. that season, but I worked um, 
at the I worked at Page Six magazine as like the acting senior editor after I worked at Time Out New York for a few months. So I was filling in for someone and Kelly was a columnist or I don't know. She she was a writer there. And I remember her being like. She this was before she was on the show, but she never seemed erratic or problematic or and like there was a fashion article that I was doing and fashion is like not my beat. Um, And I remember they I don't know if I ever communicated with her, but like they gave me her name as like a resource if I needed info. Um, So what was your take on the way she was portrayed? Because I just all I know, I don't have a theory, but all I know is like there was a big discrepancy between how she came off on screen and the sense I got of how she was regarded in real life. Well, I always say on, on the show is like two things can be true at once. Like that's, everybody's got to realize it is not black or white that, you know, like truth always lives somewhere in between, but she can be like, you know, obviously she sells real estate right now, but like, she's a kooky lady. Like she just is like, that's her out, her, her life. She's one of those ladies also that was like considered so stunningly beautiful that millionaires and billionaires wanted to like be with her. And so, you know, when you are raised to like, that everybody's telling you that you're the shit, then you are going to think of yourself in a certain way. And I think as you get older, that intensifies and comes out in a form of kookiness or weirdness with all of us, you know, because we're so we're, we're set in our ways. So like, I believe there are certain aspects of Kelly Ben Simone that you'd be like, Oh man, yeah, totally nice. Had a great conversation with her. She's able to like fill out forms. She can, you know, like she's <laughs> totally was, measure. Yeah. Like, was it, you know, she was able to buy toilet paper, like, you know, like these basic things that we think that they can't do anything like, but then there's that other side of her that I think these shows do actually capture. Like I believe in bad editing to a degree Mm -hmm. and of course they are storylining these things and like but i don't believe that these are actors i believe the camera by some weird alchemy picks up somebody's kind of persona by you know it's like we can you know the audience can read into somebody's mind when they see their eyes on screen so i think the truth is both like i think she can be she's probably a real fun hang and stuff but i think as she gets older and that's why I would love her back on like one of those girls trip shows just to see where she is now because she had so many bizarre moments on New York. Still, I mean, she's kind of like Bigfoot in New York where she'll just always still be running around the streets of Manhattan. Like she's an avid jogger. Yeah. And she'll always see like paparazzi photos of her just jogging and smiling. Um, but yeah, no, I think you can do both. I think you can, you know, have a job, hold down a job and still have your completely bizarre moments. And then. Uh, so my show, this show started as a live streaming Ustream show from my apartment in Brooklyn, and I would do it for three hours every Sunday night. And I had Alex and Simon. Was that his oh name? Oh, my God. In my Legends. Legend. You guys, if you don't know, the first couple seasons of New York, it was Alex and, and uh, Simon. Was Simon. They were a married married couple, yeah. and he oh, was just so. Francois, right? Oh, oh Francois. no, or what's his name, Francois? No, it was, I think it was Francois, yeah. Alex, uh, the Van Kempens, Simon yes. Van Kempen and Alex Van Kempen. Yeah. Simon actually is one of the first housewives, even though he wasn't a housewife, he, he had one of the first housewives music singles called I Am Real, where he wore red leather pants on the uh, cover of it, and he actually did a live version on Watch What Happens Live. But uh, they were incredible. They were incredible TV. It, you know, I miss the days of that. 
You know, what it's become now mm-hmm. is like a Michael Bay big bu- – it's it, it, it's insanity now with Housewives, you guys, is we're now getting like the laws involved. If the laws are not involved, it's right. not even a good season. People mm-hmm. are going to jail. People are stealing. Like it's gotten so much more intense than somebody just making fun of Alex's – uh, what uh, Luann made fun of her like Frankenstein shoes right. or something. I remember like a small, it was such a classic line. We've moved kind of away from those. And now there's like big set pieces yes. of like, did they like, eventually it'll like, somebody's going to get murdered on these shows eventually. Like oh it's going God. to, it's, it, it, it just gonna, keeps it's getting morph into true crime. That being said, Salt Lake city has been compelling television. It has been. And it, like, I, I'm of two minds of that, of like Jen Shaw, you guys like did all of this, I mean, illegal activity. She is at the top of this chain in terms of uh, a, a cult, like a phone call scam geared towards the elderly, built a lot of people out of millions of dollars. She proclaimed her innocence that it was all a setup, but everybody against the Southern District of New York, they had built a case where she was the head person that all of these people folded on. She kept saying she was innocent, 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 and then she finally changed her plea a couple months ago to oh, guilty. I didn't know and that. so the second season, we, which was just aired last year, we got to see her arrest, uh, which was like one of the most exciting episodes of TV. But I feel like for that kind of golden egg to be given to this, it was still kind of a lackluster season. But now season three is about to premiere in a couple of weeks. And we just finally got the first trailer. And it's going to be funny because they already shot it before they'd already shot the majority of the season before she changed her guilty plea. So we're going to see like 20 episodes of her going, I'm being set up. I'm not guilty. And then probably right. the last episode, you'll see her change like, I'm actually guilty. So that will be a, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. You know what I think is going to be good TV? And I don't know if you're in, I don't know if you were into the first season, but I think the second season of The Vow is going to be on soon. Oh my, oh, come on. That made male volleyball important for me again. <laughs> Keith, Keith Raniere, are you kidding me? Right. Not since Top Gun with Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. That's I mean, I, I love the vow. Yeah. In fact, um, uh, what are those? Uh, they have Sarah Edmondson uh, and Nippy. Sarah Edmondson and Nippy. Yeah, they're, they're coming on my show soon. Oh, I'm so, nice. I'm so excited. You should have, they, that was during, during the quarantine, like COVID. I remember like, Cults were the rage during COVID. It was like that and Heaven's Gate. Yes. But I loved that. I loved it, loved it. Yeah. I believe I follow them. In fact, I had communicated in the most professional way via <laughs> via comment on on an Instagram post with Sarah. And I was like, you got to come on my show. And she's like, yes, I would love to. And then it I didn't take it any further oh, than that. Geez. But yeah, I should I have mean, them you on. Totally should. Yeah. Um, but I remember. Like, this is how bizarre pop culture is now, though. Is so, and it's like what you said is like things moving into true crime is that we devoured the vow on HBO Max and it was became entertainment. I was like, I can't wait for my next episode of the vow on Sunday night to see how these women got branded. Like, it's really dark material, but you, you start looking at it through this kind of like fun lens. Right. Like I, from Nippy and I bought a, they were on cameo. You guys, I got my friend a cameo from Nippy and like, and I'm like, that's bizarre that like, Hey guys, I was one of the people that got branded in the vow. Like that's a real experience that we then use in this kind of pop culture lens. I mean, it's just wild. Specifically with them, it's really weird because I follow them too. And they have like such a, a fun, like we're just loving, we're just regular people. Here's our kid. We're just ha ha ha. And then every now and then I'm like, they were in a cult. Yeah. They were master slave. No, 
They had slate. They, whatever the whole master. I mean, you you had to was, you had to like yeah. Can, can can I eat a banana? Yes, master. Can I like they would have to like right. there was like a, a whole hierarchy then that you would have a slave under you and it was like they did all really of that wild story. Yeah. Yes. But dude, you you need to see the deep end. Have you watched that on? Oh Freeform? my god, yes. Oh, oh my god, that scratched my vow itch so hard. Uh, I I I I was watching. I remember watching the first episode. And go, is this scripted? I could. I didn't even. I couldn't imagine this was real. So, and by the way, I should say, I. Well, I was going to say like that, the deep end. So that's the teal swan thing. Like that's not yeah. program. That's the kind of stuff that normally I am not that into, except I really did. I guess you're right. During the pandemic, I did get pretty hardcore into the cult stuff because I was super into the vow. I was super into whatever it was called with India Oxenberg. And then I started like reading that website that was well, yeah, that, the India Oxenberg, that was an offshoot of the vow, but yeah. it was on Showtime. Like yeah. they had competing vow, they had competing Keith Raniere projects. I was down to watch <laughs> all of it. Oh, I, me too. Me too. Yeah. Like I was like, I got the book. I got, oh, I, I, I listened to the, uh, well, I, I listened audio to the podcast, book, audio book, but that, you know, okay. that still counts. But yeah. there was like a CBC documentary that it was based or I mean, podcast that it was based on. I yep. listened to that. And then there was a website that there was a, there was a guy who was interviewed in either the vow or the India. Oxenberg one like the website that started like uh exposing some of this and I went and looked at I mean I was like very deep in I actually joined Nexium that's how into it I was yeah, I had the scarves <laughs> that's how into it I I was hey, playing volleyball you- <laughs> um and I'm branded that's how into it I was but- Wait, by the way but but that's a so bad it's good moment though it's like th- it, that's a real thing but to me the thing that one of the huge things that sticks out was like this guy, Keith Raniere, this guru would like get like he had his weekly volleyball things and he didn't even look like he was that good at it. But people would come and they'd be like, wow, they were all like look at him like fawningly. Yes. Like, he, you know, he's like sweating with like a headband. He's not even dressed cool. And I'm like, this guy is getting all of these women and I all know. the dudes and all like it's weird. It was shocking to me. Yeah. 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 Um, and so anyway, do you know Stephanie Wilder Taylor? Okay. Um, she's a podcaster as well. She recommended Deep End. Uh, so I watched that and I'm still angry about aspects of it. I mean, yeah. just the like the planting of the recovered memories and just the way or not recovered memories, <sighs> but just the the planting of the abuse stuff and then the like driving the wedges between people and their family i mean it's just unconscionable oh my god it's so it makes me so angry i had the i had the director of that on the show and because i you know like i'll i I mean it's a really you know a goofy show and fun but then if i get into something i want to talk to them and i got to talk to this director and he had you know he had been in this process for like three years with them. Like Teal Swan then came out and said, you got to release all the footage because this seems, and I'm like, do you know how documentaries are made? So we but the should poor expl- guy. So for anyone who doesn't know, Teal Swan is this like YouTuber self-help woman who has been accused of uh, essentially operating a cult. She denies it, but she's very pretty. She's very charismatic. She has this insane backstory where she claims that she has all these special powers uh, and that she also claims that she was the victim of ritualized satanic abuse, which I think is bullshit. Um, and uh, she like runs these workshops where she uh, tells people they were the victims of abuse uh, in these ways that not all the time, but 
you see this in the documentary, um, that are essentially made up out of whole cloth, whole cloth. And then they confront their family. Their family denies it. And then they're like, I knew you were going to die it. And then they no longer have a relationship with their family. And then, you know, there have been people have, uh, like taken their lives because of this. She's been sued. It's a whole mess. Yeah. That was the thing is that she really got in trouble because people had killed themselves where there was communication where she was like, well, why don't you, why, why are you here? You don't have to be here. Why? She you has know? no training. She's just that was yeah. Yeah. She's well just the documentary bad. really treated it fairly in the sense that even those satanic things that she said she was raised, they didn't they didn't even get into all of that, you know, because they're like, we'll leave that alone. But I talking to the director, you could just sense the guy was like, I'm a documentarian, I'm moving on to the next thing. And like she was like, Well, you know, like this was right when it was like coming out and she was like fighting tooth and nail because basically you guys at the end, like they had hired a separate person to come in and study what she does to determine if it's cult or not. And she thinks she's like, yeah, bring it on. And the lady's like, uh, yeah, from everything that I've studied and everybody I've talked to, this is definitely, this is, you know, a patented, this is a cult. Right. And she's like, what are you kidding me? And then it was all of a sudden the documentary's bad. Right. And it was just so, cause I was just like, man, you got to, because so many of her followers and stuff then were attacking the production and, and you know, these these fans, not fans, but these people that really hook, line, and sinker believe in this lady's teachings yeah, from YouTube. Devotees. Just so intense. Um, what was the director's feeling about Teal Swan? You know, he said, like anything, there was like good, you know, that – he had fond feelings of her, you know, it's like, he's, of course, like, he's like, you try to go in with an open mind, but you already know a lot of the story. There had already been a podcast on this, oh, right. you know, and it's like, yeah, we did ingratiate with our, you know, like we, we spent months and months with them without even cameras rolling just to get them comfortable with us. You know, that's part of documentation. And it's not like, it's not like a, a con, you know, this is actually, they're trying to be able to capture reality. And what I thought was so cool about that, even aside from the vow was that it was the these shots were so up close and it was so like, you just felt like you were in there when she was doing those sessions in her living room yeah. and somebody was questioning her and it was so intense. And he was like, I liked her, but of course, you know, just like with all of us though, we sometimes can't, you know, we lie to ourselves. Like we, we, we just won't accept the truth. Like we won't accept any, it's like we were saying Harry and Olivia. No, no, no. I, they're haters and trolls. It's always <laughs> haters and trolls. None of this could be true. I'm not a cult. That's just a hater or a troll. Right. And I think that's the part that it's, I sense that he seemed bummed out, you know, of like, I just, listen, this is, I, I wasn't trying to pull any fast one on the her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, eyebrows. Let's get into it. Oh, God. I don't even recognize, like, that picture, I didn't realize that was Kim Kardashian on the cover of Interview Magazine with white blonde hair and Oh, you thought it was a monster. You thought it was a monster, probably. I didn't probably. know what it was, yeah. It was very, so, Upsetting. yeah, it, listen, and I know I'm like a dude, so I'm not, I don't, I have to walk a fine line because I shouldn't comment on women's looks or something. All I'm saying from a personal standpoint is that the bleached eyebrow look just scares me. <laughs> like, I don't. I'm not like, it's not like I'm in love with eyebrows, but I appreciate a good eyebrow. I'm not, it's not like my thing, but the, this, this whole thing, it started with Julia Fox. She bleached her eyebrows. Kanye's beginning of the, this past year's girlfriend for a couple months. And then it moved to Amelia Bedelia Hamlin when Elisa Rinna's kids, she bleached her eyebrows. And it's like, we're, this thing's getting out of hand. Cause then Kim went on the cover of interview magazine this week 
And you know she's like in like prison jumpsuit, and she bleached her What's eyebrows. What's going on with her looks, underwear too? Is that uh, underwear? This, yeah, but this is the point where I was like, it's starting. You know, it's like that whole like they always want to break the internet. Like this is like I was like, this is you're reaching. It's becoming. It's like this is you don't need to do this. You're like you're gonna you're a billionaire. You've reached the promised land. Like don't don't try to be on the cutting edge anymore. Like somebody's already done this. Let's, and also let's not, I swear to God, if my niece, my niece is 13 years old. If I go to Arizona this weekend and she has bleached eyebrows, I'm like, I'm just, I would throw away all of her, her television and phone. Like I don't want this to catch on. (laughs) Yeah. Allison, you don't, you would never do this, right? No. And by the way, Haters and trolls come after me for my eyebrows anyway. I already get it. Wait, what are wrong with your eyebrows? They say they're too thin. The people are constantly telling me, stop tweezing your eyebrows. And to all of them, I say, listen, motherfuckers, I haven't touched my eyebrows for like 20 years. I love when that's how because you built you have such a close relationship with your audience, like like with podcasting, you know, like I, I started doing YouTube and stuff and I had a beard and it's like, you know, hey, beards start turning white, like the white hairs were creeping in. And I remember reading a YouTube comment like a month ago. I was just like, you're looking really old with that white hair creeping into the beard. And I was like, screw you. And then haters, I like, I, yeah, the, it was haters, trolls. But I immediately was affected by it and like yeah. went into my bathroom and shaved my beard. And yeah. then it was like. It's like when girls like say like, oh, I think I'm going to get bangs. Then I was like, should I do a mustache? Like it was that moment of <laughs> yeah. playing in your mirror where you're like, like mutton chops. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'll try a mustache. I'm at the mustache phase of my life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. Oh, yes. Yeah, no. So I get actually the people haven't said anything in a while. Maybe culture swinging back towards thin eyebrows. But anyway, people let me know they feel my <laughs> eyebrows are too thin all the time. So if I were to bleach them, I would. Never hear the end of it. I would never bleach my eyebrows. No, I it, I don't like that look either. Yeah, just like there's something. I mean, like it just reminds Upsetting. me of like this movie, The Hills Have Eyes, mm-hmm. that was like in the 70s. Like I wasn't alive then, but it was like a Wes Craven film. And I remember the bald head, this bald headed dude didn't have any eyebrows. He was also in the Mad Max films. And it really just scared the bejesus out of me when I would go to a video store and see him on the cover. And it always just makes me think of like, like weird zombie people. Yeah. It's- no offense. If, by the way, and I'm like, if you can't grow eyebrows and stuff like that, I'm not talking about, you know, but just like they're bleaching their natural. Will Smith is going to slap eyebrows. the crap out of you. <laughs> uh, can't you this is how we're, we live at the Academy Awards. Will Smith slapped somebody. I mean, like stuff is happening that we would never, ever. I, I mean, I grew up watching the Academy Awards. Love it. I never thought everything's becoming a reality show. It's really, truly out of control. Do you have uh, a just me or everyone? Yeah, I do, actually. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Um, this is, uh, so I will talk on my podcast a lot and I love to talk to people on my podcast, but I get really scared in the outside world, like for many reasons, this this is even before COVID and all this stuff. I go, so what I will always do is that regardless of where I'm at, I will always have one AirPod in or one and so, so I, it will always protect me from having any kind of small talk with anybody because either they'll assume I'm, um, listening to music or I, this is, this is super embarrassing to admit. I will act like I am on 
a call with somebody like I, and I'm talking just like situations where nobody's going to even talk to me anyways. Like if I'm hiking Runyon, I'll have like one in and like, cause there's a point of Runyon, this hill in Los Angeles guys where you can't get like service and I lose like the reception of my music. I'll just, I'll leave it in and I'll just like, act like I'm talking to somebody. I'm like having a conversation. And I usually make, I usually have the conversation like where I'm getting yelled at, where I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. You know, like, <laughs> like I like, like I want people to pity me for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. It's so sad. So wait so a minute mine. though. You can't get reception there, but could you actually have a phone call there? But they, Allison, that's a great, that's a great point. I mean, point. I realize and, that uh, no you know one's what? Gonna... I'm starting to realize that I might look like a real idiot. No, no, no. you look like you, someone who no, has no, like no, no. really good reception. No, you're, you're right. But at the same time, I might be one of the only people that doesn't get reception in that area. Like I've never really, ah, man, you really might have just ruined my whole hike. Like I'm now. Maybe you're really connected with me someone. Guard. Maybe it's like a walkie-talkie situation you oh, have. You're I've had situations way. where I've thought the AirPod was in my ear, and I'll have a conversation, <laughs> and then I realize it's not even in my ear, and then it's just like, oh, most of somebody just thinks I'm just talking to myself, which I am. So. You're not the only one for sure. Uh, <laughs> you're definitely not the only one. I don't, I don't do this. I have a weird like other thing where I'm almost the opposite where I, well, if I'm around strangers though, I actually don't, I, I actually like, like to look occupied. Um, but I can't have sunglasses on a lot or like I constantly am lifting up sunglasses and I'm constantly taking out my ear pods because I like feel like I need to look alert and available. It's like a weird sort of, I don't know. It's like the opposite kind of situation. Oh, I, I'm like hiding all the, like, it's like the same. I will, even in this heat, like I'm wearing a light jacket. Mm -hmm. Like I always will have even a jacket on because it's almost like armor for me. For some reason I try to, that's why it's so weird. I do what I do now or, or even because I get so nervous in real life around people and stuff. So I'm always covering something up or putting something in my ears or I love wearing the masks. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I never complained about wearing a mask during COVID. I was like, let's double mask it. Right. But I, but like, I like to have the armor on via like coat or something like that. But just, I feel like putting on something on my ears or covering my eyes makes me feel more um, hindered or vulnerable somehow. That's Um, interesting. A weird thing, though, is that, and I, I cannot explain this, but for some reason, when I am wearing a mask, I feel like I can't hear as well. <laughs> and that does not make sense. <laughs> that No, that doesn't actually. Because, no. I mean, it, is, no, I, it like, makes no sense. And I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that. I just know that, like, when I have the mask on, I'm like, why am I having so much trouble hearing? And I don't know. I, but I do feel like it's, like, a nervous well, thing. I saw my first... Uh, there, uh, uh, Moulin Rouge, this musical, it's, I don't know if it's still there, but I saw it at the Pantages like a month ago. Like I had a friend had a free ticket and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. And it was like my first like musical or theater event since before. And mm-hmm. it was just shocking to have that big of a thing, but they make you wear your mask the entire time. And I just kept thinking like, well, I want the performers to know that I'm enjoying myself. So I was like trying to like make <laughs> really big eye, like eye moments. Like, uh, cause you, you know, you, I was like, I hope they know. I'm smiling. Right. Like, like I wanted them to know. But then, of course, we all know actors are so in the moment. They see the fourth wall. They don't yes. see the audience. Yes. 
Is it like Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge or is it totally separate? Yeah, like he actually produced this. It's been around like this thing, I guess, won a bunch of Tonys and stuff, but it's all the music, but they even go further. Like it's all like they even like throw Beyonce in there. It's like even more updated from like music that I'd heard five years ago. It's fun. I mean, it's fun. It's like a, you know, I, it was fun. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's a musical. Like it was, it was fun. That's cool. Uh, and then do you have uh, a Hey Go Fuck Yourself? I do. I All do. All right. Let's hear it. Hey, Go Fuck Yourself, 14 minute standing ovations. Tell me why. Okay. So this week we said earlier, don't worry, darling, Venice Film Festival. Now, you might have heard about this for a while, but it's just getting out of control. So it started off where there's this movie called The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Now, this happened for years and years and years, but it really has annoyed me this year. Brendan Fraser is in this Darren Aronofsky film, and he's supposed to give this beautiful performance as a 600-pound man. And like just so there was like a seven-minute standing ovation for Brendan Fraser. And you might have seen the video. He tears up, and it's just this beautiful moment. And I was even like, I love Brendan Fraser. I was like, oh, my God, yes. Like, you know, and that's great. Awesome. Like, done. But then there's like this Innerschman Irish movie with like Colin Farrell or whatever, and they're like, 16 minutes standing ovation, like 16 minutes standing ovation for this Colin Farrell. Long time. Oh, and then yesterday, this Anna de Arnes is playing Marilyn Monroe in this movie called Blonde. She gets a 17 minute standing ovation. It's getting to the point where it's like, I don't even stand that much in my normal life. And it just makes me angry. If you're trying to get packed, if we're trying to get people back to the theaters, Mm -mm. like that's not going to do it. Like that is not the magic that Nicole Kidman promised in those AMZ. (laughs) Like, you know, to off. Yeah. Yes. The magic, you know, but like the thought of having to think, what are you, are you all standing around? Like going like, isn't this crazy? We're still standing clapping. Like it is, Think about the reality of that. Like one minute, you know how long that is if you're just clapping and then to add 13, 14 more minutes. At a certain point, I was like, somebody's got to be lying. Like whoever is timing these things, they must be paid off of like, yeah, what if uh, it was two grand if uh, this uh, Marilyn Monroe movie gets a 17 minute, you know, (laughs) like who's clocking these things too? Because at that point, if you're 17 minutes, you could already be, I know it's Venice, so they don't have like- streets and but you could be in your car you could mm-hmm. be on the way back home 17 minutes is a long amount of time the credits have already passed rolled at this point They're it's just more the theater at, over oh like you gotta i used to work at a movie theater it's like we got to get in there to get the the popcorn yeah. beneath the seats i mean but it's like you're all just sitting there clapping for each other i would be so livid if i i just i, I couldn't i just i want that done it's got to stop i agree with you Streaming's gonna win. Hey, hey, go fuck yourself. Thank you. Wait, what was the last thing you said? I just I I said streaming. Streaming is streaming is going to win. Like you know, everything is on streaming now, and everything is on streaming. You know, it's like you know for safety reasons and stuff. But like, if we're supposed to go like you know Top Gun Maverick, everybody's coming to the magic to the movies to see Tom Cruise. You know, whatever. But things like that. 
you then tell people like you put that out on the news that people are doing 12, 13 minute standing ovations. I'm like, no, on top of AMC, you should be ashamed of yourself. I love previews, but 30 minutes of previews and they do this thing now at AMC where they'll tell you the start time and they don't even start it at the start time. They wait like five extra minutes and then they do 30 minutes of previews. Like that's, I know you want us to spend money and stuff, but it is so it's like you're not making it easier for me to support the movies when I can just watch it in my bed. I agree with you. All that right. came off really angry. All right. I do take questions over Patreon. I'm on Patreon. Nice. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. All sorts of fun stuff. I have a bonus Patreon podcast I do called The Friend Zone, uh, where I have guests and I also do Ask Me Anything episodes that are very juicy and very personal and sometimes dark and sometimes I cry. I did cry a tiny bit on the last two episodes. Don't you want to know why? I think you do. Yes. Uh, and then the, also there's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Subscribe for a year, get two months free or do it month by month. It's really up to you. Uh, and you can submit questions for my guests. And we have a little song. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. We have time for one question, but it's got a bunch of questions in it. So it's like, (laughs) it's like a multi- A multiple question question. Okay. Caprice Helm says, can't wait to listen. Ryan does a fun, long, in a good way podcast. Who would he cast on a Real Housewives Ultimate Girls trip? Oh, that's good. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, they've cast so – they've had two seasons so far. The third one is already filmed. But, like, my dream would – I mean, like you already said, I would love – uh, Alex and Simon from New York. I would love to throw Simon, even though it's a male, I would love to, like, I thought Simon as a dude was magical on TV. So I would make an exception in that case. I would love them. I'm very anti Lisa Rinna. I do not want her anywhere near a girl's trip at all. Um, uh, trying to think, I think it would be fun for, um, you know, you should have Denise Richards and Brandy Glanville together because there was like this whole fight that they had hooked up. And Denise was like, I didn't hook up with Brandy. And Brandy was like, we totally hooked up. So I would love there just to be in a pressure cooker situation to see what happens there. Now, New York, Ramona Singer is supposedly axed from the cast because of just she's just kind of a mess. I would throw Ramona back into that, into a girl's trip thing, because she's always going to make a mess of something. And then this is a controversial choice just because she just sued Andy and Bravo. But you got to bring back NeNe Leakes from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, she's one of the originators. She's OG and she's had so many legendary. Any meme you see will involve NeNe at some point. And having her, she just speaks in catchphrases like certain people to speak yeah. in talking heads i would put her back in there she would be just such a mess as well um but yeah i mean those were like those would be kind of my dream uh my dream team also you could arguably if you wait three years you could do an all prison uh girls trip Ooh, like Orange if you could get yeah, and they all like all think about it. The talking heads could just be filmed through the plate glass yes. where you pick up the oh, phone. Like yes, how, I love how it. cool would that be? So and good. you give 
you give the money to the victims or something like so you work something out. So you like, you know, and they're in the yard or they, you know, they were all locked up in one space it. together. Yes. I would love that. I love that. How do you feel about the new season of Vanderpump? Uh, so the 10th season is filming right now. They've got like two more weeks to go on filming. And listen, OG Vanderpump Rules, you guys, is some of the best television you'll ever see. Amen. And it's really magical because they based it on, it was real relationships. Like now they cast these things and you get friends that are not really friends. And like people are auditioning, like it's Saturday Night Live. But Vanderpump Rules, they were all like you know, want to be actors working at a bar and sleeping with each other and doing wild stuff. So it was so entertaining because we always know when we're watching something real. So I listen, I will watch that show until the end of time. I don't have the highest hopes, but I genuinely like a lot of the people on the cast. So, you know, it's like pizza, even if it's bad, it'll still be okay for me, but I don't have, you know, there are just like the golden years of things and those were them and we'll always have them. Like if you are missing that, just go back and watch it. I was just a guest on this show, Vanderpump Robs, hosted by Rob Schultz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And he has very high hopes for this new season. He feels like they're going to right the ship. I don't know. Well, there's, it's not about riding the ship, really. It's just unfortunate. It's It's because now – you know, the reality of their situation is that they all have houses. They've yeah. all made money off of this. Yeah. They can't really show the reality of the reality. That's so true. there's not really a lot of hope. A lot of these people are married. They're not like cheating on each other yeah. anymore. They're not doing these big, you know, and if, if it were to be forced, you will feel that. I do know, though, there are some wild things that happen that right. I've heard behind the scenes that I'm like, whoa, that will be amazing if they can actually portray that right. But, you know, it's just, there's like a certain time and place when things are truly real. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, yeah. like I would love to see a show where they talk about wanting more Instagram followers <laughs> and, and losing sponsorships. I mean, they all have podcasts now. Yeah. I want that reality. Right. Ryan Bailey, this was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, my gosh, Allison, truly, you, you, you do not know how much this means to me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And please, uh, yeah, and that's what I said. Uh, now you have to come on my show. I would love to come on you. I'll come on anytime. Uh, for real, let's make this happen. And, and I want to have you on my group show. Oh, and, heck yeah. Uh, and we're going to do this. Tell everyone where they can find you, what they should plug, do your plugs. Yeah. So the podcast is just so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. Uh, find it on all podcast outlets. Like it, it's a lot and they're long form podcasts. So don't, don't, you don't have to listen to all of them. I have timestamps. You can go to a certain section if you want or a show that you want, you, you watch, watch me recap. Don't feel pressure, but they're always there. It's free of charge. The only thing that we ask that you do for any podcast is just like a five star review is always really cool. It really does help us. It's like so quick to do and it's simple. It's not silly. It actually really does help podcasters. Um, and, uh, I'm on YouTube now. So bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. We're trying to figure it out over there. I also have a Patreon, but I give away so much free content that you don't even need that. But if you want to support, that's there as well. And then the Instagram, which I just make stupid memes, you guys. It's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. And um, yeah, thanks for even giving it a shot. Yeah. And like Ryan was saying, it's not silly. It does help when you leave reviews. So I know <laughs> it really say, does. It, it helps. It, so even I mean, if, it, that, yeah, if you don't like it, though, too, that's the other thing is like, just remember, like, follow your bliss. Like, there are so many podcasts now. Go find something that you do like instead of leaving a bad review for something you don't like. I know that sounds silly because it's like you want to be able to exercise your feelings, 
but like it really does. You want to like, this is such, most people just do this completely for free. So you always want to find that thing that you really love and give that five stars. Like it's just truly, it's so small, but it, it really does help. It's not even an ego thing. It really does help your yeah. placements and how these things push out right. to other people to find them. And, you know, this is still like the wild west in a lot of ways. So it, it really does help. Yeah. I think what Ryan's saying is if you like the show and you haven't, re- <laughs> and you haven't left a review recently, you're kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if you, I, I didn't use those words, yeah, but I was, that's yeah, the it's like dick. And yeah. look, if this is not your bliss, might I suggest my other podcasts, Childish, <laughs> Upworthy Weekly. Um, make sure you're subscribed. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, this is so much fun. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. I feel like I left something out. You guys, we're still here. I haven't officially said goodbye. Did I say my full goodbye? There's usually there's four things. Thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Yeah, no, I did it. The termites, they might, they might have already, there might already be in my brain. Okay, we did it. You guys, I'm going to say goodbye again because you deserve a, a more cohesive goodbye. Ryan, I'm going to say goodbye to you again too. Thank you so much, Ryan. This was delightful. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Alice and Rosen show? 